Okay, welcome to episode eight of Aaron Calling. Oh, hi. A podcast with two Aarons talking about music. He's one and I'm the other. So we've covered that. <laughs> episode eight. <laughs> Here it is. They're flying by. Number eight. <sighs> flying well, by for us. For others, they may seem a bit laborious, but for us, they're just flying right by. <laughs> yeah, for everybody else, it's like, well, there's eight hours I'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's probably over eight, too. That's a sad thing. So Correct. we're doing better. We're trying, we're trying to be more um, cognizant of people's time, if you will. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, let's see, for episode episode 8, we yep. are doing, uh, we're going to go through a bunch of your recent purchases, yep. um, a few that I got today, and then we're going to, we're going to geek out over REM for a while. Yes, due to the fact that uh, Monster's 25th anniversary was, uh, not yesterday, Friday, um, and they released a big old redo of it, of which I think you have multiple versions now i do <laughs> give me my glasses so i can slide them on like a nerd uh, have you gotten you know. through any of it yet um yeah some of it some of it okay. some of it we'll um, get there we'll get there yeah let's don't put the cart before the monster <laughs> that was dumb it <laughs> was there was a bear on there so maybe a bear would take the cart, whatever. Um, all right, let's uh, let's. So I don't know any of your purchases. We, we usually like swap some lists around, but I'm 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 coming in blind. So I like uh, the surprises. So <laughs> so hit me with them. I'm all right, be soy prize. Okay. I don't know that you'll ever top the Cheryl Crow surprise, but from the guilty pleasures <laughs> episode. But I'm ready to be surprised. What was the most surprising thing about that? Everything. What, Cheryl Crow? Yeah. In particular? Yeah. Was there anything you're like, man, I never really saw that coming because of anything? No, I just never saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think I saw it coming. It was that simple. I was like, whoa. Left Why field. Ford like Cheryl Crow? <laughs> no, no problem with it. Just did not see it coming. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I... I guess I realized I haven't done, uh, I guess when we were talking last episode, the Halloween-y episode, yep. Yep. Uh, I realized that I had not done, I guess we we had not done in a couple of episodes at least purchases really of yeah. any kind. And then yeah. I had skipped out last time just to do the ridiculous, creepy list. That's right. um, so uh, this is kind of a longer than normal span of time <laughs> <laughs> worth of records so anyways uh so we'll, so buckle up yeah we'll make this quick uh used wise uh i think i probably told you about some of these but uh, i got bonnie rates nick of time nice. which uh is a favorite if for nothing more than the first two songs which are nick of time and uh thing called love which yep. i covered before in the same guilty pleasures episode uh i love both those songs uh you can almost stop the record right there for me um it's a great album and i will listen to it and i'm glad i got it i got it it was like a sealed copy like it's crazy um 
and I got it for I think maybe like twelve bucks or something. Really? Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at um, one sold for twenty. Yeah, and then like luck of the draw, which we've been talking about a little bit back and forth. Uh, the record after this um, with our favorite song of all time, "I Can't Make You Love Me." That's right. Uh, on it. Uh, is like worth about eighty-two times that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mainly because you know yet what again, you need to do is like you just need to keep your eye out for the when somebody puts it up on bid because like there's some true. there's some here that's not too bad. There was like a twenty-five dollar. Yeah, here's an eighty-five dollar one, but that one is like the um, yeah the one hundred eighty gram like re you know like the super audiophile version. So yeah, they like I believe it will come into your life. That's I actually true. just picked up the CD copy because I found it in a, like a garage somewhere, and I was like, "Oh, this would be fun to listen to." So, right. Again, it suffers. I mean, it suffers. Whatever it it <laughs> suffers from being released in 1991 when things were moving mightily towards CD completely. So there's just not as many of them. But yes. Um. So I got Bonnie Raitt's "Nick of Time." Also. <laughs> A classic from my youth, uh, and we can talk about this more in a episode down the road, which we've talked about and schemed about. Uh, Faster Pussycats, yeah. Wake Me When It's Over, um, which I stumbled upon when I was probably like 12, I think. Nice. <laughs> uh, because of the song, I think the single on that record was House of Pain. That's right. Um, which was a big power ballad, of course, uh, which upon listening to this doesn't really hold up as well like as a power ballad like it kind of sounds like they were trying to make a new country song before that was a thing like it's kind of weird the rest of the record is like really like i think the thing that i loved about it then and now is like it's like riding that line that like skid row uh road (laughs) uh where they're it's kind of like dirtier than your normal like uh, hair metal express. Like it's not quite as like shiny pop yeah. world. Yeah. It's like kind of gritty and gross. And like the stuff they're singing about is not <laughs> not PG at all. Yeah. Um, so it's it's good. It's it sounds great. Uh, the version I got was really clean, really nice. So I did it. I got it. Good. It's mine. Um. I got a couple of uh, Melvin's reissues, uh, Stoner Witch and Houdini, two of my faves. Are those the the third man reissues? They were. uh, I found them both uh, cheapers, so uh, snagged them. Um, And they're great. They sound good. Uh, No qualms about the repressing or anything like that. I had read a couple of things that were like, yeah, they're okay, but they're not super great or whatever. But I got no problems um, with my copies. Those are just, I mean, they're pretty classic. I saw them like three times, I think. And it was all in that span of time of them being a band. So those kind of have a special place in the old Fordsy heart. Yeah. Um, what else? I think used wise, that was it. The rest of everything that I'd bought in the last little bit has been like a, I took a little couple of tangents, one of which is into African music. 
No, um, yeah. Like Afrobeat kind of deals. Um, so I got a, this guy, Ebo Taylor. Um, I got a record of his. He was like a ranger producer. He and Fela Kuti uh, were bros, went to music school together in London, I guess, at a time or for a time and uh, learned more jazzy deals, brought those back and made what was called high life music into what we know as Afrobeat. Um, so Ebo was like, he did a lot of stuff pre his London time. Um, and a lot of that's really awesome. So I got this comp called life stories, which is kind of a, a nice overview of his like super early work. Um, and, uh, it's really great and it gives you like a good kind of foothold into what can seem like, like if you just start looking up like Afrobeat things, you're like, Oh my God. Yeah, I know. There's it's, so much to go very, through. Well, it's very intimidating. Yeah. Cause you're like, everybody has their favorite record, whatever. This is like a good way. And there's a lot of places putting out good comps of this kind of stuff. Um, the other record I got was a Fela Kuti record called zombie, which, uh, knitting Classic. factory records, yep. Yep. uh, reissued. Yep. Um, and it's really great. Uh, yeah, super classic. It's kind of infamous for ha getting him attacked, actually, by the police because he was, like, basically calling them out on the record. And, uh, like, his, his like, uh, compound that he had made, like, got rushed by the cops and he got, like, beat up. And it's, it's like, one of those times when uh, what you think of as political music in the U.S., <laughs> <laughs> kind of pales in comparison to what actually is political music in other parts yeah. of the world. <laughs> but uh, it's really great. It also, if you don't know already, then you start to hear that stuff and then you're like, oh, this is where like Remain in Light comes from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you hear it. Um, along those lines, there's another, uh, this cool comp from Ostinato Records called Sweet as Broken Dates. Um, it's like a Somalian, uh, it's like they found this trove of like, I think it was like 10,000 cassette tapes of different bands in Somalia from, uh, I can't even remember the dates, but okay. it's nothing brand new at all. Um, and a lot of them were obviously in such bad shape. They couldn't do anything or record anything off of them but a lot of them weren't. And so the stuff that was good, they took and then made into this comp. Um, and it's really great too. Cause it's, it's completely different and gives you like the, the idea of the regional differences and all that music. Um, so yeah, that's really good. Um, what else new angel Olson's new record, all yeah. mirrors. A lot of people that. love that. A lot of people are loving that one. Yeah. It's good. I had not been a huge, I was late to the party. Um, I had not been a, a full believer. And then I kept seeing the kind of hubbub for this record, checked it out. And then was like, it just kind of got blown away by it. Um, yeah. uh, and then apparently this one, this first release is like the super orchestrated one. And like this kind of bigger than life sound, which she hadn't really done before. 
Um, but she has a version that is like the stripped down, like demo y version, which apparently she's going to release as like the companion to this to be like, this is kind of how they were before we went in the studio and decided to like blow them apart and do what we did, which is make like a really great, like it's just a great, like huge sounding record. Um, not the happiest record ever recorded. No, she's not exactly <laughs> known for uh, for upbeat uh, uh, topics, but that's okay. Right, that doesn't have to be. Um, but it's uh, it's really great. Uh, it it uh, looks really great as well. Um, not a lot of not a lot of records all the time uh, get both <laughs> right, where they sound great and like you can tell that somebody spent a lot of time like thinking about the packaging and the art and everything kind of going in together to make like an experience sort of thing. And yep. that one is definitely like, there's like eight, eight different versions, I think like between, you know, whoever's putting out this version or that version or whatever, but um, they're all really cool. Uh, what else? Uh, I got a couple of numero, group releases uh which are kind of freaky and crazy um this guy (laughs) hamlet manassian (laughs) who looks like well the record's called armenian pop music and he looks like i don't know it looks like somebody it looks like a picture of like somebody's granddad like somebody you went to school with granddad and like like somebody caught him getting out of his car after work like he, he looks like he's been at work and it's been a hard day on the album cover. It's really great. <laughs> um, but this was historically, it's kind of important and fun because it was released right before the cultural revolution in Iran kind of squashed this sort of music and like outlawed it. So this is like straight up like dance music as it would have been in Iran in like 76, I believe. Um, yep. Which, it's not everybody's cup of tea. I think my wife is like, yeah, I don't know about that one. That one is a stretch for me. She's like, I'm, I'm okay with the African thing. But when it's on song three, it's like, is this the same song? Yeah, it's like, wow, song? what is happening? Um, it's funny because when you hear it, if you're a fan at all of like any sort of electronic or dance music, he, it's like, it's sort of like you can tell that like a lot of the things that became like tropes in dance music, like obviously came from like other parts of the world and kind of got melded into what we know as dance music. Cause like yep. the band on that record, like those songs, they're like doing a lot of those things and it's with a live band, which is kind of fun. So, and then, uh, the other one is this lady named Rupa, <laughs> who is, uh, I guess she was an Indian pop singer. Uh, she did this record called Disco Jazz. Nice. <laughs> which is a great title for absolutely nothing on the record to sound like Disco Jazz. But um, <laughs> it's kind of the closest you can get. Uh, she recorded this with these like studio guys in, I think, Toronto or Montreal. And uh, so it's like, completely blending like western pop music at the time and indian pop music so there's like she brought like two or three heavyweight indian musicians with her and so they all like recorded the stuff together but it's kind of like 
it sort of sounds like deer hoof without any distortion at all for the first mm-hmm. like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like, am I listening to a deer hoof record? Like what is going on? Um, it's kind of mathy and weird. And like, I don't know anything that's happening lyrically. Like I need a translator for all of it, but it's yeah. totally fine. Um, but it's, uh, it's really fun and different. And I think like we've spoken before, like a lot of the times this kind of thing gets you out of like whatever rut you feel like you're oh, in. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. it's nice to put and the on stuff that. is like, it's just a rabbit hole. You can just, right. <laughs> right. Like, try to stay. I mean, I try to limit myself because they don't really do bad stuff. So you can just end up buying right. every single one and <laughs> right. never be able to get anything else. So, yeah, I think the thing that I like about them, especially now is like, they've kind of gone out of their way to make, not only make this stuff that you wouldn't find elsewhere, like available, but also affordable. Like it's not, you don't break the bank if you find a numero release somewhere. Like I think at one point, yeah, they were probably more expensive, but they have definitely chopped the prices and they have like, you know, they have their different series now to where it's like this series is always going to be like 15 bucks or whatever. Like it's, that's not bad for a new record nowadays. Yeah, um, they posted something the other day on their Instagram where they were having a sale basically with everything because they were yeah. kind of talking about major labels releasing Billy Joel records for $30 or something like that, you know? So yeah, kind of taking a stab at that. And I was like, oh, cool. And I, but I didn't click through the link because, you know, right. Trouble, man. Just right. It is a, it, it's right. Take all my money. Yep. I, for some reason, had gotten stuck on those two releases. I was like, man, those look interesting. And I checked them out spotify for a few minutes and was like yeah i think i'm gonna get sucked in on those well and, the, other, uh, the only other problem with with their stuff it's not a problem is that you, no one ever turns it in right so you, you don't ever find right. it used so. <laughs> right i bought a couple find... of their um soul compilations which i just love because they're just great yeah. from beginning to end so um but yeah i just i have to be real careful because i mean like they did that Usker do what that yep. was like great and they've done they did like an orc orc records which was great and i loved it i bought yep. it i ended up moving it on to another buyer um because i just wasn't really listening to it as much as it was worth if that makes sense but yep. um but um but yeah lots of great stuff yeah they've they re-released the entire unwound catalog yes which, yep great yep. um and then they did those crazy box sets with them. Like there's already like 10 other things that I would, I've like got my eye on for like down the road somewhere. I'm like, yeah, at some point I'll probably get that too. Um, and then lastly, uh, in the weird train that is my rabbit hole brain, um, via light in the attic records, I found they have started kind of putting out, uh, these, uh, early Japanese ambient, records uh which are um which is apparently as all of this is another rabbit hole you can go down but uh they're kind of packaging them as like overviews of careers of certain individuals or like only specific time periods so it's a little bit easier to digest um the two that i've kind of grabbed were uh hiroshi yoshimura's music for non-postcards and yep. Masahiro Sugaya's 
Horizons Volume One. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> the Horizons great. one is really great. He uh, did a bunch of music for a theater group and or um, so this is that and stuff that he did for like television uh, specials in Japan. And they were all kind of about nature, or things of that nature. <laughs> um, Zinger. And uh, the other uh, Music for Non-Postcards, I believe, is exactly what um, it says. It was, I think he wrote those pieces um, off of pictures on postcards. Like, gotcha. they cool. kind of did the thing. And like Sagai is weird because his whole uh, mode of making the music was kind of crazy, and that he was using like he was he was kind of doing like the Jay Dilla thing of like using electronics in an organic way, and like I'm not gonna like program the beat, I'm gonna like do it on the fly, and like I'm not gonna do it to a click track and that kind of thing. Like yeah. it's just gonna be a thing, and then I'll figure it all out later. That was kind of, and he was doing it with like these are these were all done in like late seventies, early eighties. So like the technology was like crazy, <laughs> crazy slow compared to today. So can imagine. I think they walked in to like find his like workshop of just like crazy dat tapes just like stacked to the ceiling. You're like, yeah. oh god. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're really good. Um, again fun stuff to just kind of like break out of the like oh i listen to rock music all day every day or hip-hop or whatever so that sir is it nicely done thanks i like it there's more uh, but i left it off (laughs) yeah i know i know i know it's like you can't talk about everything because uh you know those are for our, uh, I can't believe I actually bought this text. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Check this thing out. <laughs> um, so we Check out this Wang Chung record I just bought. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone really needs to hear us talk about Wang Chung. <laughs> uh, I didn't mention them on my creepy song list, but there is a creepy song, creepy Wang Chung. Oh. Song. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, we'll talk um, about this later. So I went. We had our. I had the last record show, record convention show of the year at the Nashville Palace, uh, which was today. So, yep. um, uh, so I DJed last night, and uh, um, don't let me forget when we're talking REM to talk about my DJ. Something yes. I, I thought of you last night. But um, so I went DJ last night. Got some cash in the pocket from that, and then uh, so it was so funny. I. I have two friends, like two coworkers that are just now starting their collections and they were both like wanting to go and they were like, well, we're going to go early. And I was like, well, you know, like sometimes I like to go late and then people kind of cut you deals, you know? And they were like, well, that's because you have everything. We don't have any everything. So we want to go early. But what's funny is I woke up this morning and like it started at 10 and at like 945, I was like, I gotta go. (laughs) Why why do do I have to go all this? So what is this? I was just like so excited to go. I don't know why, but uh, I didn't, I didn't leave at that minute, but I was like, oh, but anyway, we, we got there about an hour after it started and it was really busy, but man, those things have gotten to be so much fun because I just have gotten to meet and know so many people there that right. my thing is I like to kind of get there early and make the rounds and say hi to people and, um, you know, and then kind of start digging in. But the first thing I went and looked for was the pylon record that we talked about twice <laughs> or three times now. 
Yeah. And it was there. And so I got it. And what's funny is I was staying there buying it. And um, one of my, uh, let's see, two people that run record stores right there next to me. And I was talking to them about it. And they were like, one, uh, one of them was like, you're going to pay the 50 bucks for that? And I was like, oh. and I was like, yes. You know, and I was like, don't make me feel like an <laughs> idiot about it, you know? Right. And then uh, the other uh, the other owner, she's the other record store owner, she was like, well, it is a nice copy. And, and then it, you know, there's, and it was like, well, I'm pretty sure those are getting reissued at some point. And I was like, I know, but I was like, I passed on this last time. Right. I have been thinking about it since then. It's still here, and I know it's fifty bucks, but you don't. I said, I said this. I was like, I never find it. I never see right. it. Right. And uh, if I go online, I'm going to pay that. So at least I can look at this. And it was a really nice, clean copy. So, um, and it's got the nice, like you know, chump marks at the top. The right hand corner is cut out, which is kind of weird because it was probably a promo copy because nobody bought this when it came right. out. <laughs> right. Right. But um. But yeah, so I plunked it down and got it and tried not to feel like embarrassed that I was spending that much money in front of those two people. But I've spent plenty of money <laughs> at their st- shops before, so I don't know why they were surprised. But Right. I was about to say, um, they're probably sad because they were going to plop it down and then charge twice that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. That's, maybe. Maybe. Um, oh, and then I that? got... Do what? I'm sorry. They were like, oh, you're going to buy that? Because I yeah. was going to buy that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I never really know how to take people on that. Like, and I, you know, it's like, I've definitely thought about that about some people. Like, oh, I don't know if I'd pay that. But like, right. I guess that's just a bad thing to think about right now because prices are what prices are. So it's true. Um, but I also got the um, Echo and the Bunnymen, the self-titled record, Oof. which I've been looking for for forever. So good. I never what did you see wind up this paying one. for that? Uh, if you it don't mind was, It was marked at 22 but the guy only charged me 18 which was awesome. Nice. Yes. Nice. Um, the track on here on side two, the second song, Lost and Found, like Oof. I will probably DJ put that in my set and play it forever because it's just... Yes. I mean, there's obviously a lot of great songs on here, maybe minus Bedbugs and Ballyhoo. I don't even know why that song exists, and I'm sorry really? if you like it. I don't like it. <laughs> a lot of people do. I don't like it. I, just, I find it ridiculous. It is pretty ridiculous. I think it is a song engineered for the chorus. Okay. I think the rest of the song is just to, to like, I think, I think the whole song is like to get you to the chorus two or three times uh... and out. I don't know why I just can't deal with that song, but um, but yeah, a lot that's of people okay. like it, and that's fine. Sure. Um, so yeah, but I um, I actually have the lips like sugar. Oof. I have the um, maxi single, which has yep. a pink. It's the same photo, but with a pink cover. Yeah, and I found that earlier this summer. And then when I when I saw this today, I was like, ooh, I didn't even care about the price. And then he right. politely um, cut me a deal on it, which was awesome. So I figured. That was a that was a great great find. I mean, I've been looking for that one for quite some time. I think I walked into one of the stores here and just walked into that record being there for like something stupid. I think I got it for like nine bucks. Like I was like, "Are you kidding?" No, <laughs> it's like, so cool. and it was like pristine. Like I was like, "Is something? Am I gonna walk out of here and catch on fire? Like what is gonna happen to me if I buy this?" <laughs> I know, right? But it, but it was great. Yeah. I was like, I'm I'm gonna get this because I mean I already own like it on CD and the whole thing. I was like, yeah, I got yep. it. Uh, sorry, I got to. It's nine bucks. 
I, and I have I have a CD copy of it too. I just been dying to play, um, you know, that one song, Lost and Found, yep. uh, like in my sets. And so when I when I found it today, I was super excited. Mm-hmm. I never see it. I really, I really, very rarely do. Um, and then I bought you a record. Uh, Robert Fripp's "Let the Power Fall." <laughs> what the heck? Yep. So apparently, a, an album full of nothing but him making noise. <laughs> yeah, I think it's all, all live, is yeah. what I've, I've read on the back. But the yeah. great thing is, it's it's sub- subtitled in the back, "Let the Power Fall," an album of Frippertronics. So yes, um, yeah, this looks insanely interesting. I I did not pay a lot for this, so it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's just one to add to your Frippertronic uh, oh. collection. Thank you very much. I think though that if you had been there today, you would have spent way too much money and taken all the stuff that. Because here's the thing: because uh, my friends, one of my friends had this huge stack. Like the good thing is, is he's kind of just getting started and loves yeah. like classic rock and country stuff. So for him, it's a lot of like, you know, he gets such great stuff for like a dollar. Like I gave him. Right. We were sitting at the end. We were just kind of hanging out, and he was like, "Man, I feel like there's still something out there calling my name." And I had two bucks in my pocket, and I was like, "Hey, man, go see what you can find for two bucks," you know. And then my other <laughs> friend gave him a, I think he gave him like a, either a five or a ten or something. And he said, yeah. "Bring and go find me something and bring it back." And uh, and he came back with four records. One was um, Glenn <laughs> so Campbell's. Um, uh, Rhinestone Cowboy, but with the great cover, yeah, where he's on the horse or whatever. And I was like, no kidding, dude! I would have, I would have got that. He paid like a buck for it, yeah. And um, and then uh, he got like a, a great classic Randy Travis record, and then a couple other things. But his stack was huge, and um, right. it's fun to be able to see all the stuff he's getting. But like, he got basically we spent the same amount of money. I got three things. He got, <laughs> you know, like twenty, like twenty. <laughs> Right. And then my other friend, he he loaded up. He spent the most. I, I knew it because we were talking about this. And it's like when you're in the moment and it's right there and you pull it out and it's nice and clean. Right. It's kind of hard to leave it behind sometimes, you know, unless it's like, you know, raging against the machines first pressing at a hundred dollars. Like that's pretty easy right. to leave behind, you know, but yep. um, but but there's just there's always those high, high marked up records. But then um but, you know, when you find something you're looking for, like, because they're they're picking up great just stuff like, you know, like cars and like ZZ Top and stuff right. like that, you know, and they're yeah. finding great, great pressings for great pricing. It's so much fun to watch it. So, Or you could be like, hey, I'm really looking for NXS records. And the next two minutes, you send me a text of an NXS <laughs> record in the crate. I was like, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a bunch today. I saw a bunch. But I, I, I wasn't keeping track of them mentally. But what's funny is like I knew I know what they're looking for because they have a list, and so I would be at a I would be somewhere, and I'd be like, um, I'd be like, hey, uh, do you need like Guy Clark? And he was like, which ones? I'm like, I don't know. Like I've already moved on, but they're over right. here to my right. He's like, on my way. And sure enough, he found one that was on his list. And then uh, I was sitting with my other friend, and he was talking about a Cinderella record, and I was like, oh, I saw that over there. The you know the was it Long White Road or whatever <laughs> that one is. Yeah. He's like, no way. I'm like, yeah. I was like, it's right over there. And he was like, I don't want to go look. He's like, I'll buy it. If I look. I've already bought too much. And then he just kept thinking about it. And we were talking. <laughs> the subject kept going back to it. I was like, dude, just at least go look at it. And he came back with it. And I was like, of course. Oh. So I told him, I said, I think I found more stuff for you guys than I did for myself. <laughs> so, but that, that makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, 
mean, we could probably do a whole episode on NXS for me personally, but uh, there's like a very specific time frame with that band. Like uh, before Listen Like Thieves, I'm not like too totally familiar with or like crazy about, but like that song Listen Like Thieves is like, if it comes on, I'm like, everybody shut up. I need a minute. And, and then like uh, Kick is like, like need you tonight i could probably do without for probably the rest of my life because i've heard it 18 billion times but like there's other songs on there that i'm like man like mystify that's a really good one i'm, yeah. I'm totally okay with that never tear us apart like get out of here yeah never tear us apart it's a great one anyways i'm putting well, that out there into the ether in excess yeah, listen I, like I thieves and kick yeah. i'm pretty sure i have kick i don't think i have uh listen like these although i don't know i need to look we need to look and see um so we both received our uh copies in my case various copies of <laughs> the rem monster reissue <laughs> yes and um here's what i will say i yep. can't recall it's been a minute since i recall where someone has released like reissued an album and they give you the original record and then they're like oh cool and by the way we just remixed it and here's the here it is in the same package like yeah i can't i can't really think of anyone that's done it that way i can think of bands that have re remixed and remastered or whatever and then reissued and you just get that one and then you kind of compare it to the other but i thought this was kind of interesting the way they did it yeah i think nirvana was maybe the last like where you could get it, you could well, get like, they just released Albini's mix that was rejected. <laughs> yeah, it's like you could get, but you can still get, you could get both, but you'd have to buy oh, okay. two different things. Like you could yeah. get the remastered original guy, and if you wanted, if you went up to like super grand deluxe or whatever, you got both mixes and all the b-sides gotcha. or whatever gotcha like because i but got this like, wasn't a super deluxe thing this is just like the regular yeah. reissue you it's got like our reissue. Uh, you got the original <laughs> lp and then you got the 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 remixed lp which which is great um, which is great i've been totally enjoying it i mean get, what's your opinion on the remix um i think i kind of ab'd some of it and like reading the liner notes is a lot of fun because i didn't realize that when he remixed it, that lit was gonna like, he like chose alternate like vocal takes or like, like when he remixed that thing, he really remixed it. Like, yeah, he found there's new like, stuff. Yeah. There's like organ parts that like he took yes. out and like, which are like, I mean, I loved that record. So like hearing it remastered again, was like, great, this is great. But then like, yeah, I mean it's it's much more like I remember them sounding when I saw them play on that tour, like the remixed version, um, in the sense of like the guitars are a little bit more crispy and like up in your face a little bit, and like yeah. the drums are bigger. Like yeah. on the original, I think the drums are a little bit more squashed and like in their own little place, which works, but like it's very interesting it's very interesting to hear <laughs> i like it. i thought I he like it. i thought he brought out a lot more of the instrumentation that you don't hear on the first record so i yes or in the first release so to me the yeah. first release is so much guitar 
Yeah, and I think that was the point where they were just like, here's here's the guitar record. Uh, you know, what's his name bought a new amp, you know, and like we're going to yeah. use it on the whole thing and we're just going to kind of bludgeon you with it, which I think yeah. may have been part of the thing that turned me off to it when it came out years ago and right. when it first came out because it wasn't really a favorite of mine. But um, now they seem to dial that back a little bit. They take, um, you know, they, they, they take Stipe's vocals and, and sort of, um, it's buried in some places, but like, you yeah. know, they put some effects on it in interesting ways. And then sometimes, like, while I was listening, I was like, whoa, those like weird, like, they're not Congo drums, but you know what I mean? Like, there's percussion that you hear in certain songs yes. that you've never heard before. And yep. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know? It's like they so, brought up the stuff that, like, got buried. Probably. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then they did a thing, even uh, a couple songs, they, like, brought up, obviously, you know, it's like, the big deal was like Peter Buck's playing a Les Paul yes. on, the, on these records. And so like it sounds thicker and all this stuff. And then like, but <laughs> lit like dials in some of the other guitar parts to be kind of, it's like, Oh wait, they weren't completely leaving REM behind because that stuff that you couldn't hear or was just completely out of the mix before is in there now. And there's like some jangly jangle going on in the background, but yep you just didn't know it because it wasn't there or that was a take that they didn't keep or whatever. So it didn't offend me. I'll I'll say that much. I mean, like you just never know because when I've spent a lot of time recently on listening to this monster CD that I have for some reason, I don't know why after all these years, I find it interesting. And, uh, and so to hear that, to hear it remixed, I was like, this is kind of fun. Like it, I thought it was fun in that, it's i'll probably still listen to the original but yes it's fun knowing that i didn't have to pay a lot more to get that whole other version i thought that was kind of cool right. of the band to do in in this way and like have a blue cover and so you know like they didn't just lazily yeah. sort of reissue it they kind of put some thought into it i mean this five disc <laughs> six disc excuse me cd that set that i have crazy. is amazing and i i mean i'm gonna be honest with you i haven't even really had a chance to, to to get into it i mean there's a whole book in here um six discs i mean there's the obviously the two the two discs there's the original and then there's the remix and then there's just a yep. demo like so all the yeah. monster demos which i think will be kind of cool to hear and then there's a two disc um chicago concert from 95 and then there's the blu-ray 5.1 mix which i think oh and then there's some music videos on there too um right dvd so i um i mean i it's so much stuff i mean i also have their bbc rem at the bbc box set which came out a couple years ago and that thing is I mean, I, I've barely gotten through one whole one or two CDs on it, and I think there's like eight in here. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's great that they have all this material, and they're just sort of getting it back out there to the masses. I think that's great. Yeah, I think it's. I think one of the things I always loved about that band is that they like. I think we talked about this before, but like they took advantage of every format um that they released things in uh in the sense of like the artwork was always cool the the singles were always cool because there was always like a weird b-side or two 
or three sometimes on. And if you got the, you know, they were, they were of that era that like, if you got the UK version of a thing, you're going to get a different thing than the U S version. Sometimes you're going to get a different version between releases on the U S versions. Like I, I feel like they're still doing that, which is kind of fun. Like they're still having fun with the idea of releasing all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. like, they're just kind of being awesomely free with it and not being like, like you can, I think, I can kind of tell the thing I like about the remix of monster is that you can kind of tell that like, even like Michael Stipe, like some of those vocal takes that are used are new in the sense of like, we haven't heard them, but it was kind of like they were unafraid to let lit just do his thing and be like, if you pick a different one, it's fine. Like we don't care. Like, well, and one of the things that I read too, when people were talking about it is how much, you know, there's certain lyrics that you can hear that you never really were able to understand right? Um, in the new mix and things of that nature, which I think is pretty cool, too. I mean, it it also, too, seems that, like, they don't uh, they don't want to be a band but anymore, but they're really fine coming together and celebrating this stuff. So, yeah, it's not the traditional, like, well, we broke up and so we don't talk to each other and this stuff just comes out. You know, right. if you follow them on Instagram, you see a lot of you know uh you know michael and peter or whatever like on the news talking right. about the reissue and those type of things i i think it's been great i mean i know stipe's got a f- photography book coming out too so i think that this probably yep. all coalesces well for him just in terms sure. of his other other art um aspirations in life but it it seems seems like they're having a good time yeah revisiting it and having fun with it and not making right. it so precious that it's, you know, not retouched. The, the funny thing is, you know, one of the sort of jokes is at record stores is I think, you know, there's always like hundreds of copies of monster, <laughs> the CD in there. <laughs> right. Um, and I think one store actually used them to make a display to sort of celebrate the release of this reissue. That's um, awesome. I think somebody posted about <clears throat> it. I, I saw a photo on Instagram or something about it. But um, it's I, I that may be why it was smart to kind of do this re um, this remix where it's like well we know we put a lot of these out in the world already and they're still circulating around so here's here's kind of right. a, another another set of ears to put on it and uh, it'd be interesting to see what you think you know kind of stuff yeah which is crazy because like I mean at that point <laughs> in their career. They were like, I mean, they were already huge. No, they were, they, they, were, they were huger than huge. <laughs> they hadn't, they hadn't like, they hadn't toured in, you know, however yeah. many years at that point, like six, seven years. Yeah. And then like, they put out these two records that were like monumental, but like they put this thing out and it was like the polar opposite of the last two records. Like you couldn't yep. get more different if you tried. And then this also was a huge success, but then also was like, as, as is usually the case with these kind of things, also like one of the most polarizing <laughs> things, yeah. like a lot of their fans were like, yep, I'm done. That's yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. screw yeah. this. Can't, can't hang. It is crazy then, to think they put out out of time in 91 and then automatic for the people came out in 92. I mean, they, they, <laughs> Yeah. 
like I was thinking about this actually. I was like that run, and they were not the only ones that were giant. I mean, they the, in the liner notes for the new uh, monster, like they, I think it's Michael Stipe's little interview section. He talks about like how you two had just put out Octung Baby and then turn around and put out Zeropa like right mm-hmm. after. Yep. And like they, I mean, they, REM, they uh, basically did the same thing twice. Like they did out of time, right into Automatic for the People, then took a, a moment and then did Monster, but then turned right around and did New Adventures and High Five. Like yep. boom, boom. Like we're yep. recording it while they did the other, you know? So it's like, just crazy how prolific in that little squashed moment between like 92 and 96 so many of those bands were like it is but like even if you go back and look at their i mean murmur was 83 reckoning 84 fables <laughs> 85 lifestress pageant 86 document 87 green 88 and then they had about three years, and then they blew up without a time. So yeah. it's almost like they were pretty used to getting in there and cranking them out. Um, something that people really don't do that much anymore. And then, then you know, then they kind of started to space out the the latter catalog, especially you know. So yeah, like three or four years between each. So I mean, even you know, I I say that thing about Monster being the moment for a lot of people. Like after. After Monster, even me, I mean, they're by far like probably my favorite band in in the universe. But like after Monster, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of good. <laughs> so what's funny like, is in their late, so after Monster, the, there's like two records that I have a really hard time with. And mm-hmm. it's Up and Around the Sun. For some reason, I, have a, I just have a hard time yep. connecting with those. Right. Um, and I think when Up came out, I remember it. Like, I remember... Yep being at the store and all my friends were excited about it. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to wait on it. And I've actually bought a copy of it for, I think 50 cents on a CD right. recently. Right. And I, I love the song leaving New York. I think on around yep. the sun, at least leaving New York is a great song. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's that weird song with Q-tip and like, it just kind of gets yeah strange, which is fine. But, the, um, but what I have, really become obsessed with is the record accelerate which came out in 2008 <laughs> yes which nobody talks about it is so good it is so I good i lost my mind when i was i guess i had just started touring with trail of dead and like yeah. i listened to that thing because flying back and forth between austin and uh nashville and then wherever we were going, like I was listening to that thing constantly. I was trying to tell everybody, yeah. like, dude, this is like the best they've been in like in a oh, long so time. Good. I'm and, looking at the back of the CD I bought, right? And it, yeah. the, it, the, here's this. It, there's stickers going all the way down. It starts at eight ninety nine, six ninety nine, three forty nine, ninety nine cents. <laughs> and this right. is like, it's so good. Like, it. And here's the other thing. So, I picked up the double CD and DVD copy of REM live at the Olympia in Dublin. Yes. Yep. That is actually, I credit this set with getting me back into REM. Yes. Because when you listen to this show, cause I remember I bought it, I was listening to it at home and even Emily was like, wow. And I was like, I know she yeah. went, this sounds amazing. I'm like, they sound like a rock band, you know, yes. like it takes you back to when they are just, there's like every song is 
says balls and it's like they're just rocking out and going like nuts and what then when i started researching that it was sort of like they weren't on tour but they did a run of nights um at this club what because they were doing basically it was their pre-production for the accelerate record so i picked up the accelerate record but living wells the best revenge is uh so good and then it's like a perfect sandwich because like horse to water uh near the end is so good and even the i'm gonna dj song is kind of cheesy Yes, it's, it's just a they're rock songs, man. And yep. I think nobody talks about that record, especially. And uh, I love it. I love it. I, 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 in fact, I found a copy of it today in a DVD case with the <laughs> CD. And a, I think it came with a movie. I don't really understand yep. why. And yep. I almost bought it. And I was like, that's so stupid. You know what I mean? But like now I know that it exists. My eyes out there, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll right. pick that up, too. You know, no, it was it was I kind of felt the same way. Like when it came out, I hadn't I mean, I listened. I I didn't have I never bought the album up, but that song Day Sleeper um, came out right about the time. I guess it was right after I'd moved to D.C., and uh i was working a job where i was like working overnights and like it felt like i felt exactly like the lyrics sounded and it like totally i was like oh man they still got it (laughs) yeah um but it was like just the one song like i never really paid attention to the rest of the record when around the sun came out like leaving new york obviously a great song and that was the thing like i feel like for that span they became like a, a singles band like yeah yeah they could put out that one jam that you're like yeah man when i hear that on the radio i'm gonna turn it up but like beyond that it's like eh, i don't know mm-hmm. i really don't know like they did the same thing with uh was that reveal when it yeah. came out like yeah the imitation of life that's like a classic rem song like it yeah. is so rem it hurts and I was like, yeah. oh, man, this is going to be the one. And I listened to the rest of the record. I was like, nope. <laughs> but then when they dropped Accelerate, it was like a surprise. Almost. I know. Like, I was like, oh, because even the, what was the single for that? The, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it. There's, um, well, there's, uh, it's like it's Living Well. Super Serious band. or whatever. Man-Sized Wreath, Supernatural, Super Serious. That's the one. Okay. When I heard that, I was like. Oh, wait. Yeah. This is like that thing. This is like where this is like just it's like almost like sounds like what they would have done if they did a record before Monster. Yeah. <laughs> like had they done a record bet- like right between Monster and Automatic for the People, it would sound like this. This sounds like well, the record It's basically you- Monster without distortion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's they're just really punchy songs that yeah. are great. And then the one Actually, the last one that was it collapsing to now. Yep. That, yeah, that's not bad either. Like I, um, I just haven't stumbled on that one yet, but I know when I do, I'll pick it up. Here's the thing: yeah. like for some reason, that band. I guess maybe they just sold so many of everything that it's just easy to like. I don't know. <laughs> just like, out there. Like, man, I, every time I see their CDs, you know, they're like ninety nine cents or something. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Right. You know what I mean? There's a great band. I mean. So I just always pick them up because I'm just like, I, I, I'm fine having them. You know, there's no reason yeah. for me not to have them. I have a lot, the majority of their earlier catalog on, um, on you know, I have the LPs of those. But yep. I even, I'm, I'm even now picking up, 
I always find their jukebox singles, you know, like just the yep. boring white label and the white sleeve with the big, you know, the big, the 45 RPM with the big hole in the middle, whatever. I'll pick yep. those up. I've been playing. Okay, you want, so I have two, <laughs> two DJ stories. One <laughs> oh, is yeah. for forever. I've been, I've been saying, man, I just, I need to get monsters so I can DJ something off that, you know, right. like, I want, wow, there's so many great songs. Well, I'm an idiot. I've been, I found Bang and Blame 45 like months ago and I've been playing it. It just never, I never made the connection that that was a monster song. I don't right. know. I don't know why. Yeah. And, uh, and then my second DJ story is so last night, because I know when I posted that I was DJing, you were like, you better play something off Monster, <laughs> which obviously was, you know, there was something slotted in there. And I was kind of going back and forth and I, I was like, I really want to play Strange Currencies, but like, is Oof. it too, is it too slow? I don't know. Like, we'll bump people out in the bar, but I just went for it, and I played. Right. Uh, I just played the original. I didn't. I yeah. I'm not confident enough in the remix to kind of be throwing that at people. So, I put it on, and there was a guy sitting at the bar by himself, and he just closed his eyes and he sang the whole song, like just to himself. And I was like, <laughs> I wish Ford were here to see this. <laughs> It was so perfect. I, uh, I was, I was like, I am right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's a thing, dude. Like, I remember, I want to say it was, it might have been that. It was either that song or Tongue, which I know we talked about before. Like, yep. Tongue is like my jam. Like, it somehow became my jam. He, I remember at the show, like, vividly, the piano line starts and then like this giant disco ball comes down. They turn mm. off all the lights and just hit that thing. And like, it's just Michael Stipe in the center stage with this giant disco ball next to him. And like Mike Mills playing the piano and they just did the song. And like, it's just like, that is so perfect. And I think somebody, he slow danced with somebody. I'm like, oh, this I is like, you. I was like, this is like the most perfect thing. But like, yeah. So let me the, let me ask songs. you a, let me ask you a question. So today yeah. I saw the REM Live three LP box set. Mm. How much do you think it is? And would you have gotten it when I tell you how much it is? But you guess how much you think. REM Live. This is the the, the one with the red cover, which just um, right Michael Stipe's face on the front looks like he has like makeup on. Oh yeah. So this yeah. was oh seven. It was three LPs. I think there may have been a DVD in it. Came out in, or I think I already said that, 2007. Is it uh, uh, now, in now dollars, 200 bucks? No, it was cheaper than that. Really? Yeah, it was only 80. I mean. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I probably I still wouldn't have got it. <laughs> I know. I thought about it, but I had already, I mean, I had already spent all my right. money, you know. I have this like internal rule, and this so far has been steadfast. The big four O is the most I will go. Really, it's an internal rule. Because I think I texted you once about that Mike Watt record for like forty bucks, and I was like, "Should I get this?" <laughs> and it was like Ball Hog or Tugboat, and it was like the original like blue vinyl yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, "Should yeah. I get this?" You're like, "Yeah,", yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, yeah." Like literally that that is kind of the the pinnacle that's my internal rule i haven't i haven't come across a record yet that i'm like all right i gotta get it and it's been over that like 
I just like, I don't know. There's something about that number for some reason. And I'm like, that's the highest for me. Like, I'm sure I'll run across something. Like, I think we, I think I sent you that thing the other day. It was like in utero, it was like 150, like that original pressing or whatever. And I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, even if I saw that, I'd be like, I can't, I can't drop it. It wasn't, it wasn't in utero. It was counting crows. <laughs> no, 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 no. The one on Instagram I sent you. Oh, also, okay. there was also the counting crows thing. It was like $190. I was like, are you kidding? With well, a sticker you gotta remember from Tower that. Records that said like yeah. three ninety nine. You gotta, you gotta remember <laughs> as someone you're talking to someone that sells stuff that sometimes right. you price it really high because you never know if that crazy person's out there. There is a this box set is on. There is one on eBay. I I'm not gonna bother trying to find it on Discogs, um, but it's brand new. But it, it's one hundred twenty five on eBay. So I, right. I mean, I have to say I was tempted just because I don't know why. I never imagined I'd be like the guy that likes to pick up REM stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is right. why I've I'm looking at their um, <laughs> promotional poster for Monster that I bought that was like yep. hanging up in a Sam Goody. Like it says touring May June. Like I'm looking at it right now because I'm trying to like unroll it you know what i mean but i'm like what why did i become that how did i become that guy it's so weird i, I was just somewhere never really really super somewhere fan. in my house exists the like uh when i went to that show there they had like a uh, a book that you could buy and like a program basically and oh, like cool. it had all these crazy like art and stuff in it i should uh, it's gotta exist somewhere around here like i, yeah. I know i still have it now that I've now that I've been listening to Monster again, I'm like, I should find that because it's like now. crazy photos from the record and like it's all crazy colors and it's 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 wacky. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, they're a band that has so much. There's so much out there. Like I I ran across a single probably six months ago. It was like, don't go back to Rockville and like it's like the B side is like a live song. Yeah. from that record uh from reckoning and like one other like a cover maybe that's mm-hmm. like a, a weird cover but like since i bought that one there's been like 10 more of those that i've seen you know at yeah. stores like just show up you're like oh this is not it's like the you one always thing... think it's rare and then you're like nope that's not rare. yeah the one thing <laughs> i have not let myself do is buy like their 12 inch uh singles because there's a right. bunch of those out there, man. It's crazy how many of those. That are was out this there one as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah, a twelver. But yeah, yeah, it's like you can you can like lose your mind trying to track all those down because that's yeah. where they really like it was like they were like using those like mini albums basically. Yeah. They're just like yeah, yeah. Yep. if I we found record if I pick them up, just be fun to have them. But like if but right the I mean they're trying to sell them as rare stuff or whatever. I'm like man, I'll pass. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird time these these record buying times, because <laughs> they're like, I mean, it's what like a thirty year high in vinyl sales or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. the prices are reflecting it. And I totally get like like you said, like as some as as you are somebody who sells that stuff, like I get it. Like I was looking at just for fun. Occasionally, I go and look at. Uh, OG PJ Harvey records. Oh yeah, and it's like five hundred bucks for rid of me. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. what are you? What? Like, yeah, 
a lot of those are stupid, you know, and you wait, the trick is just kind of figure out what they actually sold for, you know, but I'm sure right. they still sold, you know, yeah, for really just, good prices. It's crazy that that's even like, well, it's really the only thing to buy now. So they're not, there are right. no, I mean, there really are no like more, I mean, there are some, but there's really no CD to, to be bought that much. So it's right. just, if people are going to put money down, they're going to put, put it down on there. I'm, you know, we could do a whole episode on this. Uh, my concern <laughs> is just that the labels have done what they did with CDs, which is what got them in trouble. So they started charging so much that people started to get the music for free. So yep. um, they're making hand over fist on streaming. I don't know why some of this stuff has to be marked up as high as it is. And unfortunately right. for the stores, they're not, it's not trickling down to the stores. You know, they have no margin no. on those new releases, you know, no. they're, they're margins on the used stuff. So um, it's just, it's, it just feels weird to be like, wow, I'm just going to, I'm going to drop like 35 bucks on this, whatever brand new release that I may or may not like. And that's where I've kind of stalled right. on buying new stuff is, the price, unless I know it's a band that I just want to support no matter what, I'm almost like, well, I'll wait it out and see. Because yeah. a per perfect example of this, and I hate to say it, but is is Angel Olsen. It's like, I'm fine yep. streaming her stuff. And yep. someday I'll walk into a store and um, ah, that one record, the Burn, whichever yep. one it is, you know, yep. I'll probably find it for $7.99, $8.99, then I'll get it, you know? So, yep. um, but I'll have, I'll, listen to it so much on um you know on, on the streaming services that'll kind of make up for that that difference in pricing i think but yeah some of this other stuff is just like woof, really but you see people walk in and they they buy it because they don't know any better so that's the way it goes yeah i mean and it's it's it sucks that you know like you want to support your local local store with, with every every penny or i mean i guess some some people probably don't care but for those that do want to do that, like you want to, you really actually want to support them. But like you said, they're not really seeing the, the benefit of carrying like 10,000 new releases yeah. at like, you know, these marked up prices when half the time you're going to be able to get it on. If you're a consumer, you're going to be able to get it. You can look at Amazon and get the same thing. And it's like five bucks cheaper. Cause nobody has to worry about shipping price. Yeah. <laughs> something stupid you know it's like you well, have the 4-0 rule i have the uh I, my new rule is not buying any on amazon um right <laughs> number one just because it's too easy it's just way too easy I it just, is way too easy I, I would have boxes showing up probably every day at the office yeah. so it's I've, I've i've gotten to where i'm trying and i think this is part of the reason why when somebody says something like oh you're gonna pay 50 bucks for a pylon record it's like well yeah, because I'm limiting myself to only buying it in person. So if right. this is the only time I'm going to see it, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wake up at 4 a.m. because Discogs alerts me. I don't have a want list on Discogs or whatever. Like I'm not. Right. I don't want right. to do those kind of interactions because yep. a it's just it would just make me you know I you you could question my financial responsibility in life in the first place but if I had that right. it would be even worse <laughs> but for right. me it's more like I just want to I want to find it like see it like and that's sort of where I've gotten to where I want to give myself that real experience of finding it and doing it so for me like yeah I'm fine paying that money because right uh, I mean I obviously have a, a number that I'm on some where I'm like, oof, no, gotta let that go. I don't love it that much. But when oh, I do find course. something I've been looking for, I'm super excited about it. So. Yeah, 
And I mean, like I said, like I, I have yet to come across, thankfully, <laughs> I've yet to come across the one where I'm like, man, I'm going to break the rule. I'm going to hey, go. I have a weird question for you. Do you know if they even pressed Monster? On vinyl? Originally? Uh, yes, they did. Okay. Because I remember, the reason I remember this is at the show they had them. And, yes, and when I went and got it with... Oh, yeah, here we go. Of, here's, here's a 94 uh, pressing uh, starting at $100 bid yeah. on eBay. So Yeah, I was about to say, it's probably at least a hundy. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't... I can't believe it was a lot. But I think they repressed pretty much everything through i remember even seeing up on vinyl and like i do too our records too. or something like yep. as a display yeah, like but i don't know if after that uh, i can tell you yeah <laughs> i don't know if after that they're like yeah we're not doing that yeah you guys are selling records but you're not selling that many records <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. We'll I mean, most of the ones i'm i can see sold most of those 94 copies are between 70 and uh, 85 so well somebody paid 254 dollars for it i don't know why but there's always those Oof. people you just never know so i mean that's why when been... you see those prices out there it's like it's what it is is right. someone going i don't want to sell this but if someone were to pay me x amount then i gotta right. let it go right so yeah i did right. this copy in chocolate I know. <laughs> now I can now I can charge six thousand dollars for it. Oh gosh, you got. <laughs> well, I was excited that it came out, and um, yeah, it's one of the few s- sort of reissues that I was excited about. I feel like it came right. out of nowhere. The idea that they said that they were going to re- remix it and include that you know, without having to buy an extra bonus version. I thought that was awesome. So I, uh, yeah. I was all in, I'm super excited. I think that's a cool thing for, for bands to do and, um, good, a good model to follow for, for future reissues. So, yeah. And it wasn't even like, I think if I remember right, the, it wasn't even like, uh, your normal run of the mill double LP new price either. No, I paid 26 bucks for it. Yeah. That's what I thought. Cause it's yeah. like it wasn't like thirty five dollars. It was like no, it's yeah. run of run of the mill, just new album price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a single <laughs> got, LP pricing. So. And you got two records. And if you like it, if you already liked it, I don't think like like you said, there's nothing on the remix that's gonna like destroy your faith in music or anything. And I well, think... look, the way I would say it is, if you love it, you won't hate the remix, and if right. you didn't like it, the remix won't make you like the record it won't change it, your mind it won't yeah it won't change your mind and i think that's fine you know i think it's totally fine i think it's if, totally fine. if it yeah if anything if anything for me it proved that scott lit uh does his thing and he does it well and yeah. i think it's it stands up next to the original just fine yeah. even though apparently he didn't love how that sounded but i think that yeah. always happens so yeah and also if you uh if you if you you know, have a CD player, pick up Accelerate, and definitely get the, yes. the Live at the Olympian. I mean, I found it for like eight bucks at McKay's, right. it's, and it's totally worth it. And it'll 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 blow your socks off. It's it's, it's a, really it's good. a great record to. Uh, it's a good long road trip record too. Great to to throw in the cart because it's two discs and they cover a lot of material. And it's 
because it's not a real concert. It's just all over the place. They play old stuff, new stuff, songs you've never heard. So that's, yeah, that's it. So. Did yours have the video with it? Did you say? Yeah, the DVD. Yeah, because yeah. there's a which I, I, I admit I haven't that. watched yet. So I remember watching that on like one of the you know Quello or whatever it is like yeah. those one of those concert world. Yep. Deluxe edition 2010, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Channels. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really good. Cool. Really good. There you go. Well, there you go. We have uh we have we have emptied all the praise that we can. Can. On the yeah. uh, on the REM so far. So um well I enjoyed hearing about all your purchases. I know you didn't tell Thanks, me about man. all of them. Well, I know yeah. I know what some of them are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You got to save something, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, I, uh, I'm i pretty happy. I know I just got a few things today, but I'm pretty excited about them, things I've been looking for for a long time. So I, uh, it's going to be crazy <laughs> here for the next few weeks, just life stuff. So I don't, I don't know right. when I'll be able to kind of get back out and find some stuff. Although I will say, uh i did see my my guy at the store near me uh today and um it's so funny i said i I said hey man you know what i'm looking for is uh aretha franklin's amazing grace you know and he goes oh we have them in the store i'm like what he goes yeah i've had it for like months i'm like in your store i come every saturday he goes yeah i know how have you not seen it i'm like i don't know where is it he's like all right well I'll, i'll be in uh tuesday he's like if it's still there I'll set it aside for you. I'm like, sweet, you know. So, uh, nice. so I'll have to at least try to make a trip this weekend and, and see if uh, see if that's still there. But um, right, but all all good stuff, all worth finding. So, do you have anything else you're looking for that you can put out into the? Oh, that's the a ether? good one. No, that that one is really the one that I've just been sort of obsessed over after watching the movie. Nice. Um, and then, I mean, landing the pylon and the echo and the bunnyman today was kind of those Huge. filled some pretty big gaps. Um, right. I think I found um, I've, I've procured many 45s, which I just sort of have a weird thing about 45s. I just love people right. hate them, but I just enjoy the I find so many weird songs that I've never heard. And a lot of times they're not available anywhere else, you know, the traditional B-sides. So I just I, I think they're so much fun and they're. I hate to say it, they're so disposable if you don't, you know what I mean? Like, if you don't right. want them, just take a chunk to Goodwill or whatever. It doesn't matter. But um, so I've got a lot of those to go through, which I'm kind of looking forward to. So I think I think that uh, Aretha Amazing Grace was kind of the only one I was nice. looking for. Um, and maybe it'll maybe it'll pop up soon. How about you? Uh, I guess probably my in excess loves. Yes. I bet those will. I, those will probably you'll probably find where somebody just brought their whole in excess. Right. And XS collection back and you'll be like, boom, you'll just get all of them. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, like I said, they, I've seen them all on eBay, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't, yeah. And they, you know, they're not expensive. They're not great. Yeah. I mean, kick is kick gets up there, but like, listen, like thieves is like six, nine bucks, whatever. But like, I'm yeah. like, yeah, whatever. I just kind of want, like you said, like I want to go in the store and be like, yeah. Yep. And, I'm uh, I'm always like, like they've had other NXS records. And I'm like, mm. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm gonna love it, but I I still want to get the other ones first. <laughs> yeah. So, those are my two. All right. Well, uh, best wishes for both of us in finding those this week. And yeah, uh, man, we will uh, catch up soon and uh, see if we we found them. Yeah, dog. <laughs> All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. Yep. Bye.